The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Coming up on this episode of The Box of Oddities, one of the darkest and most disturbing true crime stories we've ever done. And then century-old caskets that seem to move by themselves. The Box of Oddities. If it's weird, we talk about it. What follows may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The world is full of stories. Stories of the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected. Join Kat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the box of oddities. I'm not upset with you, but I I am a little disappointed, I I have to say. Oh no, what happened? You guys, um, last night Kat disclosed to me that uh, when she was younger, she choreographed a dance to the Brooks and Dunn classic, Boot, Scoot, and Boogie, and then refused to demonstrate it to me. And I think I deserve to see this. In fact, I think probably the entire Freak family would really like to see you do this. You know, I don't think I remember it anyway. I find that hard to believe. You're the person that remembers lyrics to songs you heard once 14 years ago. (laughs) Yeah, but that's song lyrics. It's not a choreographed dance routine that involves heel toe do do If any of you guys want to see Kat's dance that she choreographed to Boot Scoot and Boogie, please send us an email. Stop. We need encouragement You're here. You're being terrible. This is art, and art needs to be shared. <laughs> I knew when you didn't want to talk to me about how you were going to start this episode <laughs> that uh, it was going to be something... Just terrible. I'm a guy, though, that has absolutely no rhythm, so it's inspiring to me to watch somebody who does. You've never taken any dance lessons, and yet you move like a beautiful bird. (laughs) What a lovely compliment. But I believe that it is your lack of rhythm that makes you think that I'm a beautiful bird (laughs) and not just a floundering fish. Kat has actually choreographed an improvisational dance routine based on her love for a sandwich that she's eating at the moment. We've discussed this before. It's kind of like the running man, but there's more to it than that. It depends on how good the sandwich is, too. Of course. Sure. One has to consider one's inspiration. Speaking of sandwiches, should we talk about the current situation in this house? We've been on an Italian sandwich kick now for... (laughs) A good two weeks. I would say two weeks, yeah. Every night for two weeks, we have had Italian sandwiches that we we make ourselves in the kitchen. It's the thing, you know how, I have this thing, and, and you do too, where you'll get on a kick with food, and then you can't eat anything other than that thing, and it's like... I don't know. Every the idea of all other food just grosses me out right now. 
We'll make these sandwiches in the kitchen, and then we come in and we eat them in bed watching Manifest on Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the next morning, I'm brushing pieces of hoagie rolls and vegetable shards out of my bed. <laughs> I also ruined a pair of shorts because I got olive oil. I all think over. I got it out. Well, that makes me feel much better. I had to use upholstery stain remover, but I think I got it. I appreciate that, but that does not let you off the Brooks and Dunn dance routine hook. I thought we'd moved along from that. Never. Now, you were telling me your topic today is pretty dark. It's terrible. Should you go first? Well, it's true crime, and I think there are two schools of thought when it comes to who goes first. One, if I go first, at least we end the show on a positive note, or not such a terrible note, at least. Mm -hmm. Two, if I go first and it's so terrible, I don't want people to be like, well, I don't want to listen to this and then miss out on your story. Well, people have figured out how to use the fast forward button. No, I suppose that's true. Yeah. Is so, that what you'd like to yeah, do? Yeah, why don't you go first? Okay. Not that mine is lighthearted, but it's not horrifying. Okay. Well, I mean, it's horrifying, but but not dark and I'm going to shut up now. Oh, okay. Now I'm very confused and concerned. So as I said, this is true crime. And it's an especially rough true crime. So prepare yourself. Trigger warning? Yes, yeah, okay. absolutely. Right. And um, in the midst of it, I'm going to include a bit of a 911 call. So if you're particularly sensitive to that, again, giving you a heads up, but also I'll give you a heads up right before we play it. So that way, um, if you want to hear the story, but you don't want to hear the 911 call, you can at least zoop, 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 zoop through that. Gotcha. Okay. I'm trying to be, I mean, oof. Okay. It's March 17th, 2015, when Michelle Wilkins responded to a Craigslist ad for free maternity clothes. In a text to Dinell Lane, Wilkins, who was seven months pregnant at the time, asked if the clothes were still available. Would love to have them. Belly is bigger than ever, she wrote. Hmm. Wilkins agreed to meet at Lane's Longmont, Colorado home shortly before noon the next day. Dinell Lane, 34, a former nurse's aide, said she was pregnant as well. So together, they went through maternity clothes. They chatted about pregnancy. They talked about shopping at thrift stores to try to get maternity clothes on the cheap and baby clothes on the cheap. They bonded over fetuses. And uh, they talked about their partners and their roles in this pregnancy and how things are going. Wilkins said that she had been preparing to leave when Lane urged her to go downstairs to a room to look at baby clothes, saying that she no longer needed them since they were for a girl and she was having a boy. Michelle agreed, and eventually, after going through some clothes when she was ready to leave, she started to tell Lane that she was going to go. But Lane talked over her, redirecting the conversation. Wilkins said that Lane seemed lonely and wanted her to stay. Wilkins then opened the basement door to head upstairs and Lane closed it, again redirecting the conversation. But Wilkins was growing impatient and once again opened the door to leave and began walking up the stairs. That's when she felt Lane hit her on the back. Wilkins said she was pulling at my sweater and kind of scratched at me. So Wilkins, a little freaked out, yeah. obviously, was like, uh, was there a spider or something on my shoulder? And Lane was like, yeah, I think I got it. See, that's incredibly um, generous on her part yeah. to assume that because if somebody did that to me, my first instinct would be to backward kick him. <laughs> no, sure. Yeah, like a horse. Yeah. Yeah. 
Wilkins then was like, okay, bye, and started to head up the stairs again, and that's when Lane hit her again and again. Wilkins said that she felt Lane was very unstable. Uh, She threw her hands up in the air and said, I don't want to hurt you. I just want to leave. Lane then replied that she didn't trust Wilkins and that she wanted to call the police. Hmm. So Wilkins is totally freaked out right now. And she's like, yeah, no, call the police. That's totally fine. If you I can call the police. And that's when Lane started to punch her with her fists. Oh, my God. Wilkins said that Lane then pushed her into a nearby bedroom. Wilkins was saying, why are you doing this? And Lane pushed her backward onto a bed. The two then wrestled and Lane tried to choke Wilkins. And they're both pregnant. And they're both pregnant. Hmm. Lane then tried to smother Wilkins with a pillow. Oh my God. Wilkins was fighting back. She was becoming increasingly concerned about her fetus. She kept thinking, I want this baby to survive. So I fought back harder. Lane then smashed a lava lamp over Wilkins' head. Wilkins tried to appeal to Lane. She said, I don't know why you're doing this, but I need you to know I love you. And Lane said, if you love me, you'll let me do this, before stabbing Wilkins in the neck with a shard of broken glass. No, no. Lane then started to choke Wilkins again, and everything went black. When Wilkins regained consciousness, she had blood all over her. She noticed a cut to her stomach. She realized that her feet and legs couldn't support her when she tried to walk, but still she was able to close the bedroom door. And that's when she fell back on the bed. She said, I could feel the blood seeping through my pants and I could feel my intestines outside my body. Oh my God, no. Wilkins called 911. Oh my God. Now, this is the point where if you are sensitive to 911 calls, and I know that it's really hard to hear these sometimes, so totally understand, you're going to want to skip ahead, I would say, approximately 20 seconds or so. Longmont 911, address of your emergency. 1620. Tell me what happened. She cut me. Who cut you? Downstairs. I don't know. Okay, hold on. Please. She cut you in your stomach? I know you need to stay on the phone with me, okay? I'm getting everybody to you, okay? Well, I wish I had never heard that. I know. I know. She's obviously losing consciousness. Yeah. Later in the call, she says, I think I'm bleeding out. It's so hard to hear, but... The amazing strength that she has, yeah. which she tells, I mean, she said she could feel her intestines outside of her body. Okay, so did Lane remove her baby? Yeah. Oh my God. Oh my God. So, meanwhile, Lane's partner, David Ridley, had come home from work early to take Lane to a doctor's appointment. When he arrived, Lane was standing in front of a closed basement door. She obviously had blood on her. And she said that she had suffered a miscarriage and that the fetus was in the bathtub upstairs. Ridley ran upstairs. He found a small baby lying in the bathtub. He rubbed the baby and rolled it over to see if he could get it to take a breath. Mm -hmm. He wrapped the baby in a towel and apparently... 
not knowing that there was a woman bleeding out in his Mm. basement, he took Lane to a nearby hospital. So they're on their way to the hospital. Officers are coming to Lane's residence. Officer Billy Sawyer arrived at the home and he found Wilkins in the basement. She was covered. I mean, covered head to toe in blood, Sawyer said. He said he held Wilkins' hand to comfort her. He listened to her before they were able to get her to the hospital. She didn't know, he said, that she was no longer with her child. The two waited for an ambulance to arrive, and then Wilkins was on her way to the hospital as well. Before she got there, though, Lane and Ridley arrived at the Longmont United Hospital. Inside the emergency room, she cried out to doctors, save my baby, save him, save him. Dr. Leslie Armstrong said she tried to restart the tiny heart, but was unable to. Before she declared a time of death, she told Lane that it was in fact a daughter and not a son. And Lane refused to allow doctors to examine her. A police investigator saw no signs of vaginal bleeding, no signs of having recently given birth, and so there was some concern that she wouldn't be seen. As she explained her concerns about bleeding to Lane, Dr. Leslie Armstrong was alerted by a nurse that a stabbing victim was en route to the hospital. She was about five minutes out at this point. So Armstrong prepped the emergency room for a pregnant patient with a gash that stretched hip bone to hip bone. Ooh. Wilkins arrived, and the surgeon who operated on her said that the stomach incision was, quote, pretty decent, and that it would be consistent with a first-year intern doing their first. Huh. In addition to the incision on her abdomen, Wilkins also suffered cuts to her scalp and neck, Dr. Kevin Berg said Wilkins might have lost more than half her blood. How is this possible? How is she alive? How is she even conscious? I don't know. Meanwhile, Lane eventually admitted what she'd done. She told a different doctor that Wilkins had attacked her and that she'd killed her in self-defense. She said that Wilkins drew a knife and attempted to stab her and that during their struggle, she wound up in her daughter's bedroom. Lane said that Wilkins was just flailing and she tried to hold her down. When she stopped moving, I started thinking I didn't want the baby to die too. So I got a knife and I cut the baby out. Mm-hmm. Is this some kind of extreme case of Munchausen by proxy? It's something like that. Okay. Ridley Lane's significant other told investigators that he was concerned about Lane's pregnancy. He said she would say she had doctor's appointments and we would take off work and sit in waiting rooms for hours and something would always go wrong and she would get agitated and we'd wind up leaving. In February of the next year, the case went to trial and Ridley testified that Lane went through an elaborate ruse to fool friends and family into believing that she was pregnant. Oh, she wasn't even pregnant? She wasn't pregnant. Wow. A detective said an investigation into Lane's internet activity revealed searches on female anatomy, 
as well as saved images of the female body on a tablet, which led some to believe that she was researching how best to remove a fetus from a pregnant woman. Additional investigations found that in July of 2002, Lane lost a 19-month-old son to accidental drowning. Okay. So this woman is obviously dealing with some mental issues. Yeah, yeah. Probably stemming from having lost a child and for over a year pretended to be pregnant. Mm. Lane's defense attorney argued that her client's actions were not the result of deliberation, but they were, in fact, hasty, impulsive, and reckless. But the Craigslist ad luring a pregnant woman to her home and the anatomy information she had on her tablet would lead me and apparently the jurors to think otherwise. You knowingly left me to die multiple times, Wilkins said in a victim impact statement. And in February 2016, Lane, now 40, was convicted of attempted first-degree murder, two counts of first-degree assault, two counts of second-degree assault, and unlawful termination of a pregnancy. How far along was she? Seven months. Ooh. Yeah. That's rough. Lane was sentenced by then-Boulder Chief Judge Maria Birkenkotter to 48 years on the attempted murder charge, 32 years on the termination of pregnancy charge, 10 years for both the assault convictions, and five years for one of the second-degree assault convictions. All of those sentences, except for the five-year count on second-degree assault, were consecutive, resulting in a 100-year cumulative sentence for Lane. Soon after the attack, Wilkins' family said in a statement that she had named her unborn daughter Aurora, and police praised Wilkins for her strength and determination, saying that the first responders did their jobs perfectly, but Wilkins saved her own life. Wow. That incredible 911 call demonstrates the effort that she had to go to just to speak, let alone survive. Considering what she was experiencing physiologically as well as emotionally at that moment, Mm. she sounded pretty well pulled together. I have woken up in the morning after a long night and sounded less coherent than she did. (laughs) Yeah. After sentencing, Wilkins told reporters that while she was still angry at Lane, she had forgiven her for Mm. the pain that she'd caused. And that woman is stronger than I am. Yeah. Because, What a a great example. P.S. Why are there do-it-yourself YouTube videos uh, on cesarean sections? That's not what happened. She just did some research on human anatomy. That wasn't what that was. But I'm sure you can find it. I I feel like I need to take a shower right now. Yeah, I'm really sorry about this. And I just think that the story is so interesting because of the mental state that... Lane had to have been in, Mm. but more so the strength and the amazing fortitude of Wilkins to not only survive, but forgive the woman who took something so precious from her. And it's just, I don't know. I've thought about doing this story for a while and I didn't know if it was too much, but I'm just so in awe of Michelle Wilkins. And Mm. I just, I wanted to highlight how incredible I think she is. And I don't know, that's it, I guess. I got my information from the Denver Post, from BuzzFeed News, 
from amp.cnn.com, timescall.com, cnn.com, and the New York Daily News YouTube. I've got to tell you, the longer we've had our aura frame, the more I love it. I have kids and they live about 3,000 miles away and my daughter is expecting a child and she has been sending me updates on her baby bump through the aura frame. And since I can't be there to experience it with her, it's the next best thing. And speaking of mothers, if you're looking for the perfect gift to celebrate your mom in your life, Aura Frames are beautiful Wi-Fi connected digital picture frames. It allows you to share and display unlimited photos. It's super easy to upload and super easy to share photos with the Aura app. And here's the thing, if you're giving Aura as a gift, you can even personalize the frame with preloaded photos and memories. We love Aura Frames and living so far away from family, thanks to Aura, it's the next best thing. It's like, it's like almost being there. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Box of Oddities freaks can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off, plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code Oddities at checkout to save. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com and use code Oddities at checkout, and you will save. Thanks, Aura Frames, for bringing my family a little bit closer. This message is sponsored by Greenlight. You know, as your kids get older, there are some things about parenting that gets easier. I remember once hearing my sister tell my little niece, if you put your pants on, I'll give you some Fresca. And when kids can start to reason that they get something if they do something right, it's a lot easier to manage them. Having that conversation about money with your kids, that's not the easiest thing in the world. Fact is, kids won't really know how to manage their money until they're actually in charge of it. And that's where Greenlight can help. Greenlight is a debit card and money app made just for families. Parents can send money to their kids and keep an eye on the kids' spending and savings. While kids and teens build money confidence and lifelong financial literacy skills. Your kids will learn how to save, invest, and spend wisely thanks to the games that teach kids skills in a fun, accessible way. When I was a kid, I had expected chores and then I had bonus chores. And bonus chores were where I earned money. And so if you're thinking like, hey, my kids should be doing stuff around the house. Yeah, no, you're not wrong. But maybe there's extra ways that they can learn how to be a successful financial money person. What was one of the bonus chores that you had to do? <sighs> Rub my mom's feet. And what did that pay? I don't know, like a quarter or something. Millions of parents and kids are learning about money on Greenlight. It's the easy, convenient way for parents to raise financially smart kids and families to navigate their life together. Sign up for Greenlight today and get your first month free when you go to greenlight.com slash oddities. That's greenlight.com slash oddities to try Greenlight for free. Greenlight.com slash oddities. And now, that thing in the middle. An octopus is like a master of disguise in the ocean. They're well known for their ability to change color. But did you know they also change their texture? It's not just a color show. They can make their skin smooth or rough. They do this to mimic the environment around them, whether it's a rocky seafloor, a coral reef, or even seaweed. It's an impressive trick, and it's possible thanks to a special type of skin cell. 
By flexing its muscles, an octopus can control these cells to alter the surface of their skin. So next time you're looking at a coral reef, look closely. It might just be an octopus in a brilliant disguise. Don't you love it when we get emails? I mean, from anywhere, but when we get one from on the other side of the world, it's just mind-blowing. Absolutely. Hey, Kat and JG, my name is Nala, and I'm flying my freak flag high. Not sure if you have many freak followers in Egypt. Ooh. I love your podcast so much, and it gets me through my day and the night. Well, most nights. So I've listened to episodes 400 to 447. Don't ask why 447 and not 450. And a couple of latest episodes, and then I went back to episode one, and now I'm listening all the way through. I'm up to 2.15. So Box of Oddities Effect at 4.30 p.m. Just came back from work to find that there was a problem with the main water pipes on our street here in Cairo. And I thought to myself, oh no, this is bad. It's a hot day, need a shower, plus I need to do some cooking and some cleaning and there's no running water. If I had known only this morning as I was getting ready to go to work that a couple of hours later the water was going to go off, I wouldn't have gone to work and I would have caught up on the cleaning and cooking and etc, etc. As I was thinking that, Kat said something along the lines of, quote, We overlook things. Every once in a while, it occurs to me I have running water. Yeah. Let alone that JG started the episode mentioning his skin looking like something unearthed from a pyramid. (laughs) (laughs) The skin looking like mummies. I already felt connected to the episode. Any hoozle, and then in parentheses, she wrote, I had to Google that. (laughs) (laughs) Love you both so much. Keep the amazing content going. I hope you can actually... I hope I can eventually catch up with the episodes. Wish me luck. Oh, and if you ever decide to come to Egypt, please let me know. Mm. I have some connections at the Ministry of Antiquities and Tourism. Oh, my goodness. Or is it the Ministry of Tourism and Antiquities? Yeah, that the latter sounds right. Anyway, you get the point. Hope to meet you one day, and I hope you're always sweet and loving as you are. Oh. I wish you happiness and good health. Love you both so much. Nala. That's incredible. Thank you so much for reaching out and for your offer. We may have to take you up on that. Well, we definitely will (laughs) one day. Now, one of my bucket list items is to see you do your interpretive Brooks and Dunn dance in front of the pyramids. (laughs) Is that right? (laughs) On the the Giza Strip, yes. (laughs) It's not for me. It's for Ramesses II as well. Boot scoot mommy. We got a message from Sarah. I'm currently catching up on old episodes. I've listened to about 160 of them in the past two weeks (laughs) and listening to episode 207 right now, which is interesting uh, because that's the main area code. With all the speak of coincidences, I have one with the Jameson family. I'm married to a Colton, like Colton, but spelled wrong. And he has a younger sister named Madison. They also have some genetic nuttiness in their family but so far there have been no witches or murders thankfully that you know of (laughs) i'd also like to add that i found your instagram account with selfies and i always pictured cat as rachel harris and i probably forever will despite knowing now what your face actually looks like Hmm. it breaks my heart to hear you guys so happy at the beginning of 2020 knowing (laughs) the shit storm that was coming (laughs) is this how god and meteorologists feel That's a great question. (laughs) I love it. Thank you so much, Sarah. 
And Jenny sent us a message. Hello, I just listened to Box 536 and I wanted to introduce you to a baby saved by the vaccine that Mr. Harrison blessed the world with. I am so grateful for him every time I hear his story. I'm blood type O negative and this is Elliot, my O positive, three-nager, future freak. Thank you for sharing this story. Anyone can be a hero. Oh. Yeah. And her baby's wearing a shirt with a dinosaur on it. So I immediately approve. That's beautiful. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. We answer your real-world money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. The Nerds will give you the clarity you need by cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. We don't promote get-rich-quick schemes or hype unrealistic side hustles. Instead, we offer practical knowledge that you can apply in your everyday life. You'll learn about strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, I'm Dylan Lewis, one of the hosts of Motley Fool Money. Each weekday on Motley Fool Money, we talk through the business news you need to know and the stories moving stocks on Wall Street. On weekends, we dive into the industry shaping tomorrow and host the experts, authors, and executives that understand them. Tune in for insights, a long-term perspective on investing, and of course, stock ideas, plenty of them. To quote a listener, it pays to listen. Check us out and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. This is professional-grade storytelling. Don't try this at home, kids. This is The Box of Oddities. One of the most baffling and enduring and chilling paranormal mysteries that's plagued history for over two centuries is undoubtedly the intriguing story of the moving coffins of Barbados. It's a fascinating tale. I'm not familiar with this. I am, however, familiar with the Barbados flag, and I like it a lot because it looks like it has King Triton's trident on it. (laughs) And having just watched The Little Mermaid, the new one, Mm. you're still emotionally charged. (laughs) This is a fascinating tale. As incredible as it seems, it is, unlike some of my stories, firmly rooted in truth. (laughs) What? (laughs) And not just speculation. (laughs) This has been documented numerous times, not the least of which prominent figures of the time uh, who were left really baffled by this. Now, Barbados, it's a tranquil paradise, and in it lies a small t- a cemetery as the, known as the uh, Christ Church Parish. It's home to a tomb that's been the focus of intrigue for a long, long, long time. It's called the Chase Vault. It was built in the early 19th century and is nestled amongst the tropical foliage of the, uh, of the cemetery. Okay. At first glance, there's little to suggest anything that's unusual, let alone it being the epicenter of possibly one of time's most fascinating unexplained phenomena. These mysterious happenings started in 1807 when the first member of the Chase family, an infant named Mary Ann Chase, was laid to rest in the vault. 
sadly. Later, her sister, Dorcas Chase, and their father, Thomas Chase, were also interred in 1812. We were just talking the other day with the inner circle of freaks during the Zoom about your relative right. who was named Dorcas. Yep, Dorcas Pope is one of my ancestors. I love that name. How can you not love the name Such Dorcas Pope? Such a good Pope? name. On each occasion, the coffins were orderly placed within the vault. Large marble slab was carefully replaced to seal the entrance. And yet each time the vault was reopened to accommodate a new family member, mm -hmm. a very disquieting scene awaited those who were present. Once neatly arranged, the coffins were found tossed about haphazardly as though subject to some kind of violent unseen force. Some of them were stood up on their ends. What? I mean, I can understand like if there was you know, the ground shaking or something, mm. or maybe an air conditioner running uh, underneath <laughs> the tomb, mm -hmm. uh, that th they might move slightly, but up on its end, documented? Yes. What? Yes, by the governor, Lord Combermere, a prominent figure of the time. He took personal interest in these unsettling occurrences. The vault was inspected meticulously for signs of tampering, but the seal of the marble slab was found to be intact each time. What? In addition, no signs of water damage, which could explain the movement like of the coffins. Like if there had been flooding or something. Right. But yeah, okay. The walls were solid. They were undisturbed. And what added to this was the observation that a delicate sand layer on the tomb floor, supposedly intended to capture footprints of mm -hmm. the intruders, remained undisturbed despite the chaos inside. So at one point, they laid sand in there to see if somebody had broken in and moved the coffins around. Sure. But not only were there no footprints, there was no sign that the coffins had been moved, but they had. The sand was completely undisturbed. <sighs> now, there have been various theories proposed to solve this paranormal puzzle. Some suggest that seismic activity could be responsible, yet no nearby tombs reported any kind of similar disturbances plus the whole sand thing. Others proposed the flooding, but again, that was discounted. The most chilling explanation suggests an unearthly hand at work, a supernatural force or malicious poltergeist, perhaps. Yet there has been no activity like that reported in the surrounding area, and again, it just kind of leaves you to speculate wildly. So in 1820, Governor Combermere conducted a thorough investigation after the fourth occurrence of coffin displacement. He ordered the coffins to be returned to their original positions, which he personally supervised the resealing of the tomb with his own seal embossed in cement. Okay. The tomb was left undisturbed for several months. The next opening, which came later that year, is arguably the most unnerving chapter in this tale. Okay. I'm ready. As the marble slab was slid aside, an eerie sense of anticipation hung in the air. To everyone's horror, mm. the coffins were again found askew, flung about in utter disarray within the vault, defying all reason, yet the governor's seal on the tomb remained untouched. Is everyone still like tidy, nice and tidy inside their coffin? Like, there, no one's flopped out, right? There are no reports of bodies being tossed about all nimbly-bimbly. Okay. But one would think that perhaps that's possible. 
one would. And again, the governor's seal on the tomb was untouched. And that, of course, suggests no human or natural interference had occurred anyway. Well, natural can mean a lot of things. From then on, the chase vault was left abandoned, with the coffins buried elsewhere. And the vault remains empty to this day. It's a testament to the uncanny happenings of the past. We're left with the question, what the hell happened? I have a suggestion. Okay, so you string up a hammock mm-hmm. inside mm-hmm. the vault. And then a someone... A vault hammock, yep. yep. vault hammock, absolutely. And then someone is hired to spend time in the vault hammock you cannot leave the vault hammock you have like a catheter or some mm-hmm. shit you've got your snacks all set up on right. a shelf right. you don't leave the vault hammock for a month mm-hmm. and that way you can observe what's happening inside the the sealed vault now this happened in the early 19th century and there were they no had hammocks yeah they had hammocks but they had no like um ring video monitors like we do today oh, we could solve this so so easy today mm-hmm, mm-hmm. just put a couple of cameras in there we'll know exactly what happened right but the vault has been abandoned for well over a century what caused the coffins to move in such a violent manner within an undisturbed vault perhaps they thought the restless spirits of spirits of the chase family themselves because a lot of them had um difficult and challenging lives dorcas for example, was rumored to have starved herself to death while Thomas Chase was known as a cruel and loathed man. No, no. Could their spirits be in such turmoil that they caused the disturbance within the tomb? It's a tempting theory, unrestful spirits. The theory only raises more questions rather than providing any definitive answers. Now, some paranormal investigators have suggested that the phenomena might result from a unique form of residual haunting where intense emotional energy gets trapped and can manifest as physical disturbances. And it's interesting to note, certain types of stone have been theorized to be a source of residual hauntings, Mm -hmm. especially if an area is high in carbon, Mm -hmm. kind of like a voice will leave an imprint on a carbon recording tape. That theory, however, is challenging to validate scientifically and, uh, like many paranormal (laughs) phenomena, exists on the fringes of the mainstream understanding, which is where I firmly plant my feet. I love you so much. (laughs) You're like, we don't know what happened. Probably ghosts, though. You know how granite holds ghosts. (laughs) It's carbon, sweetie. Don't be (laughs) foolish. I would love to go back to the chase vault. Put some cameras in there mm-hmm. and then dig up the Chase family and put them back in and see what happens. Yeah, definitely. They'll let me do that, won't they? Can't see any reason why they wouldn't. My source information, The Vault of Barbados by J.B. Harrison, The Psychic World by H. Carrington, and The Chase Vault. I found an all-inclusive resort and spa in Barbados that is in uh, Christchurch, and it looks really nice. So I guess it's still there, abandoned in Barbados. Just sad and lonely, waiting for JG to show up. How hard is it to exhume a body in Barbados, I wonder? I don't know. We'll have to do some research on that. Okay. Anyway, thanks for hanging out with us, you guys. And uh, we are so grateful for your support. And your emails. Would you be willing to share the podcast with a friend? Help us grow the podcast? Would you? Look at how high-pitched you got. Would (laughs) (laughs) Just... Share with a friend, please. We appreciate it. We really do. 
We'll see you next time. Until then, <laughs> keep flying that freak flag. Fly proudly, you beautiful freak. <laughs> so, I got pee. And so, let it be known that the box of oddities belongs to you. And its fate is in your hands. Henceforth, the Box of Oddities commits to the telling of stories. Stories of the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected. We wish to offer our deeply felt gratitude and appreciation for your patronage. TheBoxOfOddities.com On Facebook at Facebook.com slash Podcast. On Twitter at Box of Oddities and Instagram at Box of Oddities Podcast. Copyright 2023. All rights reserved. Yeah, sorry about that. Mm. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Have you ever wondered how inbred the Habsburgs really were? What women in the past used for birth control? Or what Queen Victoria's nine children got up to? On the History Tea Time podcast, I profile remarkable queens and LGBTQ plus royals, explore royal family trees, and delve into women's medical history and other fascinating topics. Join me every Tuesday for History Tea Time, wherever fine podcasts are enjoyed.